Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman bringing some of the best cricket interviews from across the TalkSport network. And in a week that brought news the 100 will be postponed until 2021, TalkSport concentrated on the areas of cricket that really matter. So prepare yourself for the time David Bumble Lloyd got invited to afternoon tea at Freddie Flintoff's parents' house. Matthew Hoggard with his tips for the best way to marinate meat. Anthony McGrath with the latest on the hunt for the Yorkshire snipper. Morning Morkel juggling his two young children, not literally, whilst talking to TalkSport 2. And some serious stuff as well. Stuart Broad looking back uh, on that wonderful summer, 8 for 15 and all that. But let's start with Bumble, who was a guest on with Laura Woods, Ali McQuist and of course Freddie Flintoff. And you, you lads at Sky Bumble have been trying to make the best of it. You've been doing these vlogs and doing all these watch-alongs with the likes of Ben Stokes. It, it looks like it's been fun, some of that stuff. Yeah, we, we've enjoyed doing it. it I, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, it, it's so technical. I've not a clue when you, they say you'll press this button and, and do this and, and do that, and then suddenly you see somebody else in the other part of the world, and it's beyond <laughs> me, all that. I, I can do ring-back, I can do that. There's no problem with that, ring-back. 1471. <laughs> Bumble, I need to ask you, with Ben Stokes' diet and fitness regime on yesterday, and it was very interesting to say the least, I have to inform you. How about your own fitness regime, Miss Weather? How's that coming along? Uh, not great at the minute, Ali. I've, I've been digging. I've, I mean, I've done that much digging, I've done my back in. Oh. And so <laughs> I'm on some real strong painkillers. I can't bend down. I certainly can't run. Uh, do a bit of cycling. I've just got one of them electric bikes. I, I, I want to talk to Freddie about that. Have you still got your motorbike? No. Do you know what? I've I've got I've got one of my motorbikes, but I've not seen it for four years. When I moved house, I put it in Robbie Savage's garage, and I've 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 not had it back off him yet. It's still in the garage. But 
Hey, don't have a go at me for HP Source when you're getting, you're getting motorised push bikes. That's wrong, Bumble. Use your no, legs. It's an absolute belter. It just gives you that little push up a hill. <laughs> <laughs> they are quite fun, actually. Um, I want to ask you two about this story. So it's in, in Fred's book. Um, he talks about you, Bumble, coming round to his to sign him up for Lancashire. And, Freddie, your mum got out the best crockery and the custard cream, didn't she? Oh, well, the... the we knew that Bumble were coming round, and obviously in our house, that's big news. We've got David Lloyd coming round to our house. We even sat in the front room. The front room was just for best of cares. She had the best couch in there. She got the teapot out. She got the best cups out. She got the custard creams out in honour of Bumble. And he, he sat there, and he told us what it was going to be like at Lancashire. He painted a lovely picture, and it was nothing like it. It was like a different bloke. I went the next day. Oh, he, he was a different man than he was speaking to me mum. <laughs> I'll never forget that because it, that is very, very northern. It's very Lancashire. There's somebody coming round. We're going in the front room and we're going to get the best stuff out as well. We even had saucers. I'd never seen a saucer. <laughs> no, we've never had one in our house. We were cricket chairman. And Colin and Sue, that's mum and dad, they were sat on this big sofa and we were sat there and I'm saying, it's going to be like this. This is what we're doing. This is what we can offer you. The sky's the limit. And, and then we put him in the team. I've put Andrew in the team, put Freddie in the team. We've got Akram. And one of the greatest men, that's the dog. We've got Akram. And I said, he's got to go in. You've got to put him at slip. He'll catch everything. Catch pigeons, this lad. So Freddie promptly dropped two. <laughs> and I said, who is this Freddie? <laughs> By the way, I, can't, I cannot believe it to you, Bumble and Freddie. You've opened my eyes. A front room. A front room. We never had a front room in our life. We had a living room and that was it. And you're 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 moving people to different quarters in your house, Freddie. My what's going on up there? Wing. It was it was it was the big room at the front of the house. The big room. I bet McCoy, I bet you didn't have an inside toilet, did you? <laughs> my mother my mother and father didn't, I can tell you that, Bumble, but we we did have one. Is that why you, oh, we, is that we, why you we keep going one. outside in the morning now? At <laughs> our house in Water Street, Accrington, ours were outside. And all the, I've chuckled, and you shouldn't chuckle, I shouldn't chuckle, that people, they're, they're hoovering up toilet rolls. We never had toilet rolls. We had the Daily Herald and the Daily Sketch, and we used to cut it up in little bits and nail it on back of the toilet door. That was your toilet oh. paper. Oh. Oh, it's 8.39 and there's people all around the nation just just getting stuck into their breakfast and that's what they hear this morning um, Bumble, oh. tell, me, tell me a little bit more about what Freddie was like when he was a, a youngster coming through Well, he was a big lad I mean, him and Marcus Truscothic they were big lads at under 15s and under 19s and uh, dominated junior cricket and then, you know, I had a brief spell with England. And we had a lad called John Abrams who ran the under-19s. And had a top man, John Abrams. And, and his wife is now an MP. She's an M MP up at Oldham. And, and John rang and he was really forceful. And he said, I've got two lads who are ready to play top-class men's international cricket, under-19 lads. And Andrew was one and Ben Hollyoak was the other. And sadly, yeah. Ben passed away. That was real tragic. Uh, but Alex Stewart was captain at the time, and, it, and Alec just said, get him in. And, you know, a lot of people, they said, oh, no, it's too early, you can't do that. I never believed that. I, I never, ever believed that. If they're good enough, get them in, and they'll mature quicker. You know, they get better with experience. So a great lad to have around. If, I'll tell you what he did have. 
he used to slide, he slid on his front foot now and again, and I had a look at his boots, and he hadn't too many studs in his boots, but he had studs oh. in his ears. I, I tell well, you. <laughs> it's a proper Brian Clough line, this. I said, you've got studs in your ears, put some in your boots. <laughs> I remember when he said this to me. It was the World Cup. It was the first game at Lords, the opening game. And I'd got this deal to have an earring in with an emblem. That was it. So I've got this earring in. It was hideous. And then I've pulled my first ball, four studs came out of my boot, and I've gone up in the dressing room, and Bumble's there shaking. He said, oh, you can put you can put studs in your ears, but you can't put them in your boots, can you? Get out there. <laughs> it's that great Brian Clough line. When he, this, is, this is proper Brian Clough. The opposition have gone on to the field, and are just having a look, and having a look round, they've got the suits on. And Cluffy shouts from the side, don't walk on the pitch in high heels. <laughs> this lad shows me, I've got high heels on. He said, well, they usually do go with earrings. <laughs> Bumble, tell us as well about T20's final day back in, in 2017. Oh, no, no, we'll never better that. We'll never, ever better that. They've just thrown it up again on Sky, and it, the reaction that you get from that, it was so impromptu. Yeah, we had a little chat about it, and this is what we're going to do, and I did a bit of Johnny Cash, and Freddie did Suspicious Minds, and then we did Sweet Caroline, and you just have to see the joy, the fun on everybody's faces. That T20 finals day, it's an epic every year, brilliant. Oh, it's, it's a brilliant tournament, but the thing about it was... We ended up singing this song, Sweet Caroline, in front of the stand. I was at a selfie stick, I'm backpedalling, I fell over a speaker, much to the delight of Robert Key. And even NASA was wetting himself laughing. It must have been funny, Bumble. The recovery of it was amazing, though, because you do like this backward roll, and then it's almost as if it was some sort of gymnastics um, display, and you just get straight back up again. But Laura, Laura, to see. his wig come off as well. <laughs> oh, he lost his wig. <laughs> he lost his wig. It's quite impressive, though. Did you ever think when he finished playing cricket that he'd, he'd try his hand at so many different things? And I suppose singing not necessarily is one of the most successful ones, Bumble. Um, well, he, he won that. It was a sing-off between me and him, and that were a travesty. <laughs> I mean, he forgot his words, and he were in the wrong key for a kick-off. I was. <laughs> <laughs> And while the breakfast show might be the domain of the Lancastrians and on drive, it's all about the White Rose. Goffey catching up with his old friend, Anthony McGrath. We need to speak to the former Yorkie captain, uh, your good mates, uh, extremely, hugely successful coach at Essex. Now, Anthony McGrath is with us live on drive on Talk Sport. Anthony, how are you doing? Very well. Good evening, guys. How are you doing, Snipper? Very well, Gus. How are you? <laughs> oh, you answered to that. So have we finally... Is this the moment? <laughs> is this the moment, Anthony? Um, after all those years in the wilderness, not seen you for a while, you're going to finally admit that you are the Yorkshire Snipper? No, because you normally call me a lot worse than that, so I thought Snipper was a compliment. <laughs> so you're still not admitting it, no? No, absolutely not. I think you know more about it than I do. Well, there you go. There you go, Ed. You see? It's, Hang on, uh, I can't leave it there. I cannot leave it there, Darren. We, we were talking about this last week on the show, Anthony, and I'm perfectly willing to accept that it's not you. I'll take your word for it. I can believe that you're being honest about it. Thank you. But if it's Thank not you. you, then who is it? Give me a good idea of who it might be. Well, around that time, I'd kind of just gotten into the team. So being um, one of the younger players, I think I got the blame. But around that time, there was um, Richard Blake. He was a main contender. 
Goffey was was there. Was always up to mischief. Uh, Gavin Hamilton was was one as well. I think Michael Vaughan even got brought into it at the time. If you want my honest answer, I think it were a few people who were who were doing it. I don't think there were just one. I think there were a lot of revenge kind of snipping going on. Um, but because I was uh, the youngest and kept laughing every time, you know, someone pulled the socks through the knees or pull the boxes up to their armpits. I, I think I used to get the blame. Mags, did you? Yeah, play hang on, hang on. There's more than one Yorkshire snippers. Well, I, there's I can't a lot believe of co- this. I reckon there's been copycats. It was that good. Whoever did it the first time, there has been copycat and revenge uh, snippers out there. Mags, do you remember the game we played at Worcester? We were going for the. Uh, I'm sure we were going for. We're not far off up the top of the division. And he told us we weren't going to play the game until someone admitted it. And we sat there for two hours while all the opposition were warming up and everything. Yeah, no, I think it was Sussex. Yeah, yeah, it was I Sussex. Mean, it was Sussex. <laughs> Sussex. Well, it, it was that bad that Peter Moores, who obviously not coach now, an ex-England coach, he was the captain of Sussex that day. And two minutes before the toss, I think Dave Bias were refusing to toss up until they found out who the snipper was. Um, and like you said, we'd been there for about an hour and a half. We hadn't even warmed up. No warm-up, played the game. So not surprising we lost. Uh, it was Kirtley's debut, actually. I think Kirtley uh, got wickets on his debut. And then the, whoever the snipper was, Mags, back then, he had the uh, guts to go and snip the captain's socks um, <laughs> as we before he even got in the dressing yeah. room that day. So that took... Whoever did it, I take my hat off to him. Yeah, he, he wasn't very happy that day. That was a brave snip, to be fair. Let's go to the cricket. Let's go to the cricket. But I mean, last season for you, uh, coaching, making that brave decision because obviously a Yorkshire lad, uh, born and bred, uh, part of the furniture up there. I know there was times in your career you were close to leaving as a player, like I did, but you, you stayed there. It was a big decision, wasn't it, to go and coach at Essex? But oh, it's been a good decision. Yeah, I think it's something I needed to do if I were going to be taken seriously as a coach and um, as you mentioned you you, you kind of left and, and went to Essex as well but I think just to be more rounded as a coach you've got to see different environments and you know Yorkshire is a, a great club with great traditions but you know cricket is played in different parts of the world and country and everyone looks upon it differently so to learn your trade uh, as I've done I've been very lucky I think Essex is a very good club for me you know it as, as well as I do having been there for a number of years um, you know, there's a lot of synergy there, but actually between Yorkshire and Essex, as in geographically, it's a, it's a big county. There's a lot of cricket played. Um, they bring through their own players. They give the young players a chance. Um, and I've been, as I say, fortunate really, because I've, I've gone into the club and, and found a, um, a collection of players who want to work hard, they want to win, and the good people as well. But you must be in dreamland. The success uh, that you've had—it's been incredible at Essex. Yeah, I mean, it's when you get success, you want to try and keep it and uh, and nurture it, really. So the the last four years, uh, you know, we've we've managed to keep that going, and um, I think that's because we've got a good age range. You know, we've got a good mixture of of young players and old players, and also um, you know some very talented ones as well. But I, I don't think you know anyone any one person can can take all the credit. It's been a real club effort. Obviously, Chris Silverwood was head coach before me. He did a great job. We've had some other great coaches as well and have. Um, and as I say, I think when you've got people like Alistair Cook around, Ryan Tenderscarter, you know, Ravi's been with us, Peter Siddle, you know, then James Foster, um, mm. some, some great cricketers to look up to and learn from. And 
the young players have, have no better people to look up from and, uh, and learn, learn off. Mags, I mean, what stage were you at in preparation for the season before we went into lockdown? I mean, were you going on a pre-season tour? We were actually there. We came home. We took the decision oh, to go. It, we yeah. were going out to Abu Dhabi. Um, so we did all the, the checks, as you do, and we were actually uh, about seven days in. We had another seven days in Abu Dhabi, and then we were due to play the MCC Curtain Razor in Sri Lanka. Um, but of course, when um, things you know, really started to turn back in the UK and England made the decision to come up from Sri Lanka, you know, everyone was starting to get a little bit nervous. So, you know, the right decision we reached, we came back to, to England and, um, you know, we were in lockdown for, for two weeks, self-isolating, and, and we've been there ever since. Yeah, I've been thinking about, I mentioned earlier, um, the, and it's difficult for people in cricket to, to comment on it because, you know, you, you're waiting for the ECB to make decisions, waiting for counties to make decisions as well. But in, in some respects, um, it's a non-contact sport cricket. If you're not celebrating taking wickets, it's a non-contact sport. So maybe there might be some scope there, but it must be so frustrating for you. Yeah, look, I mean, there's bigger things going on. I think we all realise as players, as frustrated as we are when people are losing their lives and people are ill and family and friends, we know that, you know, there is more more important things going on. But, you know, you go back to the success we've had, of course, all the players and everyone wants to get back as playing as soon as possible. Um, as a cricketer, your body clock this time of year, you're used to starting the season and looking forward to a... Uh, six months so um, especially when the weather's been so nice as well you know you'd, you'd be used to playing cricket so staying indoors this time of year is is very alien for, for everyone not just not just cricketers and are you based uh, with lockdown now Mags I mean what you what you up to I mean you were never the most uh, quietest uh, in lockdown I mean, <laughs> I, so it was hard for me to be doing it but for you it must be even harder I mean where are you based at the minute are you in Essex or are you back up uh, north I'm up north I actually came on because we had a week off from tour when the restrictions were put in I haven't been back yet obviously mm. we're, the, the, the ground's completely shut, shut down we've only got a, a skeleton staff working so no I'm up north I'm north of the wall um, so yeah I'm just uh, just keeping myself busy really we're, we're still doing a lot of planning or what we can as in you know uh, what is planning when we start back and, and what we can be doing so just like everyone, Goffey, we, we're trying to make the best of it and just following the government guidelines and, and being as safe as possible. Well, um, listen, I need a name from you because uh, we are going to follow this up. Uh, I actually believed it was you uh, yes, I believe before it was you came well. on, and I'm He's going to take here. your word for it. First name you mentioned was Richard Blakey, so should we try him next? Uh, if I had to pick, yeah, I, I'd say he's right in the middle of it. But, but as I said, there's, there's some splinter groups as well. But I, I'd, uh, I'd, I won't further than Richard Blakey. Brilliant. Uh, Anthony, Brilliant. it's great to have you on. I uh, hope you and yours stay well. Thank you very much, sir. No, thank you for your time. Take care, guys. Cheers, Grip. Will do. Anthony McGrath, uh, hugely successful coach of Essex, former Yorkshire captain uh, as well. With the latest on the snipper, we shall pursue. There was more surreal chat on breakfast. Matthew, mad as a box of frogs at Hoggard, talking with Ali, Freddie and Laura. Same old, same old. It's Groundhog Day, isn't it? <laughs> um, um, doing a bit of homeschooling, um, refreshing things that I, I, I had forgotten and learning things that I never knew. Uh, Cooking a lot, eating a lot, drinking a lot, um, walking the dogs a lot. 
<laughs> How is the homeschooling? I mean, you just said you're learning things that you didn't even know. Is it difficult to try and be the, the parent slash the teacher at a time like this? Uh, I quite like being the teacher, um, tell, telling, you, telling your child what to do, telling him to sit down and call me sir, not daddy. Uh, <laughs> it, gets, it gets into my thoughts, my boat. Um, but yeah, we've, we've been dovetailing quite well because my, my background is more maths and science. Um, and my wife's background is more um, languages and English. So we've got subjects that we, we take control of. And to be fair, Ernie's been absolutely brilliant. He's sat down in front of the of the computer and uh, done his done his homework or his schooling when when he's supposed to. And I was maybe gonna Matthew go over to um, Ali McCoy's, but I can see through the Zoom call that he had a, a bowl of porridge and he took a mouthful of it and left some of it on his microphone. I can't believe you, Ali. Ma- I-, I need to explain to Matthew. I'm having technical issues this morning, mate. It's, it's not my ideal. Uh, you'll be able to relate to it. Uh, uh, it's before uh, Woodsy's time, but I feel a little bit like Scotty, the first engineer. In Star Trek, mate, my computer's not been working. I've been all, I've been all over the place, mate. I've just having one of those mornings, and it's just been compounded, compounded by the fact, Matthew, that she's caught me taking a mouthful of porridge, and I've left half of it at the end of my microphone, mate. So, it's a real moment. You talking got, about Groundhog Day? I'm having a nightmare. <laughs> you haven't got the power, beam me up, Captain. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew, let's let's talk about your career for a moment, and and take you away from your current career. Which which is homeschooling. Um, what were some of your best moments? Or what was the standout one for you? Uh, again, I, I was lucky enough to play for nine years. Um, but again, you mentioned it earlier, that 2005 Ashes series as a whole series is going to be very hard to, to beat. Um, to, to beat the old enemy Australia for the first time in 19 years was was something special. Um, my hat-trick in Barbados was something mm. special. And the, the build-up to the 2005, to be fair, from about 2004, we went unbeaten. Um, and we had that core new flush. You mentioned the, the four seamers that we had, myself, Andrew, Steve Harmson, and Simon Jones, um, along with Ashley Giles, formed a, a partnership that went on for maybe three years. And we... We, we we formed something special in that bowling group, and we had some some very good successes. And that that period of my career, I'll always remember most. But that because yeah, I loved it again. One of the things I remember was in Bridgetown Barbados catching um, the hat trick <laughs> ball. So you got your hat trick, and for, for me, well, being well, part. Oh, cheers, man. It was, it was an easy one. <laughs> but being part of that four man seam attack with Ashley Giles in there as well as the spinner. I reckon the fondest memories I've got. But what was it that was so good about the four, the seamers, Oggy? Just complimented each other so well. Yeah, I'd say we, most of us, well, we had three Northerners and a Welshman. Um, and we, we all spoke the similar sort of language. We were all brought up similar. I think, as you said, there's no aminosity between us. Um, we all... We all liked each other. We didn't have any egos. We didn't want to one-upmanship anybody else. We just had a collective job to do and get 20 wickets as quick as we could. And we all knew that somebody would have their day and it didn't matter who it was at the time. We had to support that person. So I think because we were we we're all friends off the pitch as well as on it and we didn't really who got the limelight, I thought that made us really successful. And the fact that we challenged the batsman's techniques in different ways. I was short and skiddy and swung it. And Harm is tall and bouncy. 
you were horrible and Simon Jones was skinny and swung it both ways really quickly. And then we had Ashley Giles turning it away from the right-handers. So I think because we challenged the, the people's techniques in different ways and that we're all great great mm. um, I've got to ask you Matthew there's obviously with everything in the way it is at the moment and more and more events being cancelled and postponed and the latest one we heard the 100 that's been pushed back postponed for now um, how do you think it might affect county cricket? It's gonna, it's, there's going to be a lot of challenging times ahead for county cricket uh, most county grounds struggle to, to turn a profit and rely on the ECB money to, to, to make ends meet um, but again it's a, it's going to be a short period of time when you when you look at things a, a year or two, well however long it's going to take. I, I do believe we have to bow down to the the experts and, and and listen to them and make sure that everybody's safe. And we sport, yes, it's a brilliant outlet. Everybody likes watching it. Um, we like playing it. But in the whole kind of scheme of things, I think we need to make sure that the the, the health sector, the NHS and, and the country is safe before we, we start pushing on to play county cricket. Mm. Um, what 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 have you been doing with yourself, Oggy? Obviously, we know about an amazing cricket <laughs> career, but um, you've done a bit of coaching. You went on MasterChef. You're into your cooking now, I see. Every other yeah. picture on Twitter is a barbecue. <laughs> and I sit there, Oggy, and I want to try your food. <laughs> well, you'll have the opportunity because I'm not in a barbecue shop. I'm not in a barbecue school. To teach people how to, to hang on, that's a barbecue school, Oggy. You, you school yeah, people you know, in the like art of barbecuing. Yeah, oh, amazing. Happy people do. Do people just burn burn the chicken, burn the sausages, <laughs> and and whack it out in front of people? Um, whereas, <laughs> whereas I want to teach people how to cook um, all kinds of foods on, on the barbecues and make them confident of kicking out some great food and enjoying their gardens and alfresco dining because I love being outside. I love cooking. Uh, and what a, what a great place to be at the moment is in your garden. You're going to spend a lot of time in there, so you might as well um, enjoy it and eat healthily and well. Well, Hoggy, I've got a question for you. You can start your schooling of your barbecuing right now because this is not that we got a lot of weather up here to barbecue, but <laughs> if and when we do, would you marinate your meat before you barbecue it? Depending on what you're cooking and, and how you're cooking it, um, if you're if you're cooking a steak, for instance, and you're going to do it high and fast and sear it, then your marinade will burn. Um, so I'd do that afterwards. You can salt it, um, wouldn't pepper it because pepper burns as well. Uh, so I would put the flavours on more after a steak. But your chicken that you're going to be cooking um, more gently and not on direct heat, yes, um, especially. And it's it's better to 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 cook it well. To, to, well, cook, cook your meat properly. Um, so it, it all depends on what, what meat you're cooking. But yes, I would like to marinate your, your meat. And I'm a big fan of brining as well. So if you, you brine your meat and get the, the flavours all the way through, um, and it keeps your meat um, moist as well. You're making me very hungry, Matthew. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Enjoy homeschooling. And I think there'll be a lot of people looking you up to find out more about that, about exactly how to properly barbecue. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Sensational hoggy, by the way. I've got to say to you, there's never been, there has never been in the history of talk sport a more comprehensive answer to a question than hoggy just gave me there, Freddie. Would you not agree? exceptional. That is the most knowledgeable I've ever heard him on anything. Brilliant. Absolutely anything. Brilliant. It was was it brining meat? <laughs> I mean, effectively, 
It, it must be sick to get an answer to the question, you know, I always like to bowl at Bar- Brian Lara and things like that, but he threw that one and that answer was perfect, he was expecting it, and you you were very kind not to bring him up when he mentioned animosity rather than animosity. Oh, I said, what, what, what was that, that word? Wee, <laughs> what I, was that? I saw that wee giggle, I saw the giggle in your face <laughs> via Zoom, Freddie, and you were, you were that away, <laughs> you were that away for jumping on board, but well done, mate. <laughs> if there wasn't a delay down the lines, I was all over that, all over it. <laughs> Well, it sounds like Hoggy's kids are a little bit older than the ones Morning Morkel was trying to juggle as he somewhat foolishly agreed to a telephone chat at the same time he was trying to give the kids dinner. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Now we're pleased to say legendary South African fast bowler Morning Morkel joins us now from Australia. Uh, morning, morning. Morning, guys. Hey, listen, great to have you on. I'm saying morning, uh, I, I guess evening time or good afternoon or whatever we're supposed to say. Yeah, I know. It's evening, yeah. On our side, um, so yeah, I'm about to settle down and get the boys to bed. Okay, so I won't keep. How old are the boys? So four and seventeen months. Um, so my wife, she should work today. So I put my hands full. I my hands full today with the little ones. How's it going? How, how's the lockdown going? How's the uh, uh, parenting going there? Because uh, you got your hands full by the sound of things. Yeah, I know it's pretty full on. You know, this time of the day, it's bath time, and you know, getting <laughs> all sorted. But it's been pretty good, to be honest with I you. Um, you know, we've uh, we're quite lucky that we can still sort of be active outside and. You know, you can still run and do your things, exercise, which is nice. It's sure. not like back home in South Africa where it's complete lockdown and you, you know, you're basically, you know, based, you know. Oh, listen, you know, 
Listen, if there's ever any trouble, you let me know. I've got this picture of you, as, and I'm, I can see you now, though, in cricket whites with a phone on your shoulder, running around doing a million things at the same time. I guess I'm probably not far off apart from the whites, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. You're pretty, pretty spot on. But the whites, are they backed away. They're backed away for now. So, listen, let, let me speak to you, because I guess you, you, you should be playing. You should be over here to, to be playing at the moment. And... How are you working where you are then? Because you say you, you, your wife is Australian, I know that. And yeah. obviously you, you could be in South Africa. So any time of the year, how, how do you balance everything and where you are? It is quite tricky, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I, I spent five months of the year in, in the UK then, you know, playing for Surrey. And, you know, my bags were packed and I was ready to go and yeah. for the summer. And unfortunately, um, yeah, there was a border shutdown. So from the airport, went back home and was sort of, you know, waiting. I thought, you know, it would probably just be a couple of weeks. But, yeah, I'm still here today in Australia. And, you know, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, we're supposed to start, we're supposed to start our first game last week. And, uh, yeah, I mean, not meant to be, unfortunately. Well, well we just heard from Peter Siddle there saying about deferring his deal with Essex. And uh, where are you at the moment with Surrey? Are you in contact, contract, uh, contact or do you, do you know, you know, what they're saying is, as yeah. far as the season's concerned, what are you going to do? Yeah, so we we we've got a we do like the normal Zoom chats uh, one once a week. Um, you know, we've got a nice strong sort of leadership group at the moment that we also connect. And I think it's important for us to in this period, you know, to do some proper planning. I think you know it's a nice little window to to iron out some some things before the season starts. But you know, unfortunately, there's no no cricket at the moment. Sure. And um, yeah, you know, nobody's quite sure what's going to happen. Um, I think we're all just sitting tight and and hoping that we can we can play some cricket soon. What's it like the Zoom meetings then with the uh, the boys from Surrey? What happens? Is it general chat? Is it uh, is it fitness stuff? What happens? Yeah, I just think it's it's just important to to connect a little bit. You know, um, I think obviously you know, talking uh, talking about how we would like to to um, you know go, go the season in red ball cricket and white ball cricket. I think. You know, with the squad that we have, um, we should be competing. You know, for 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 finals and you know yeah. trophies almost every year. And uh, you know, it's important for us to to build that culture and you know get an environment that we can we can we can achieve all those goals. And and what about you then over in Australia? What, what can you do? I mean, it's one thing keeping fit, but are, are you bowling? I mean, what, what do you do there? You obviously have to stay at home. I played I played a little bit of great cricket here. Um, you know, over the uh, over the summer. And, uh, Someone doesn't agree with that, Morny, by the sound of things. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, so I did play a little bit of great cricket, you know, over the summer. And um, you know, I just go to the park here now and try to throw my arm over a little bit. But sure. uh, you know, what I what I can do is just basically keep fit and run. And you know, I've, I've got some some kettlebells and some gym equipment here. So you know, that's that's basically all I can do there. And then yeah, hopefully when I get the green light to to fly to the UK. Uh, you know, I'll have enough time to just you know get a work on the bowling a little bit and get going. So, is that arm turning over as quick as it always did? Uh, pardon? Is that arm turning over as quick as it always did? Um, it's it's getting a little bit rusty at the moment, to be honest. But um, yeah, I'm still I'm still feeling strong. Uh, you know, mentally, I think that's that to me is the the biggest thing. As soon as I'm tired mentally, I reckon that is the day that I'll I'll back up completely. But you know, I'm still still enjoying the game. I'm still uh, enjoy training. Um, you know, I wake up every morning, trying to to get better in fitness and improving my mobility and stuff like that. So, you know, I still have, have the, the the hunger to to do to do well and be successful with, with with Surrey and you know help them hopefully to to many more trophies. So, 
let's see how things work out. Do you find that you're, it's almost like now the point where you're the older statesman and you've got the young bowlers that will be coming to you for advice? I mean, are we looking at Ollie Pope and, uh, for example, some of the great players you've got there at Surrey? Isn't it true that he'd ask for a little advice for those South Africa tests during the winter? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's that's, that's uh, the part that, that excites that excites me at the moment. You know, it's, it's to, to be in a situation where I can where I can share a bit of experience, you know, um, share a bit of knowledge about the game. Um, you know, for me, but the, the best sort of only sort of advice I could give uh, Ollie was to go and, and just enjoy it. And I think you know, at interna- international stage, you can you can give advice, but. I think it's also important to work your own game out and figure out what works best for you. Especially when it's against your own country, though, Morning, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah go yeah. out and enjoy yourself. I ain't giving you any clues. You're playing in South yeah, Africa. No, it, was, it, was, it was a bit of a, a tough one for me because, um, you know, at the time, Dean Elgar was with us in the change room, the starting change room. Yeah. And uh, he was, oh, was going to yeah. play against... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dear. Listen, are you OK? Well, what's going on there? Let me just give this man a little bit of a, a bottle here quickly. Sorry, okay. guys. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 I'm a father. I know how it works. It's okay. We don't have any problem with that. I'm just pe- painting this unbelievable picture there down in Australia at the moment. There we are. Okay. Running oh, around. There's someone's a bit a lot happier there in the background. There, there yeah. we are. That, that all sounds, that sounds better. I've got one more question yeah. for you. And uh, where, what do you say? Are you, oh, dear. When you were bowling really fast... Were you yeah. out there to because there was all that talk about the fastest? Wasn't it? It was when you were at the IPL, uh, and wasn't there some sort of speed gun that was slightly wrong? That it was like 176 k, uh, 173. Yeah, that was slightly wrong, but you still had the record though, didn't you, for the fastest ball bowled? Am I am I allowed to claim it? I think if it was on, if it's on TV and it's the speed gun. You know, though I reckon it was way wrong, or way off. But I think I can claim it. I think it, I think you can. Listen, you've got to now be the fastest father uh, in Australia at the moment. Um, we'll let you get on uh, and do your job there, and we look forward to seeing you back in England in the summer, hopefully. Let's end the show with something approaching sensibility. Stuart Broad, a guest of Drive. Oh, beauty! Oh, three hundred. He's joined the big club, Stuart Broad. What a start for Broad and England. Oh, gone. Oh, he's Broad again. Sensational stuff. Stuart Broad has got it spot on this morning. 15 for four inside the first 15 minutes. Oh, what a catch. Ben Stokes. Oh, they're tumbling all over the place. Australia, five down. What a catch that is. That is unbelievable from Ben Stokes. And gone. Another fine catch. Stuart Broad moves on to five for six. Gone. That's another. Get it in the right area. Batsman again just pushing. Lots of stiff fielders. One of them will hold on. And another. And another. Nine down. All gone. Brilliant from Broad. Eight for 15. Best bowling figures on this ground. Quite a remarkable morning. Really is.
with Stuart Broad, had to deliver, no Jimmy Anderson, and boy did he deliver. <laughs> Remember that? Unbelievable, 8.15, Aussie bowled out for 60 in just over an hour and a half in the morning session, and the man himself who did the damage, Stuart Broad, is with us on Talk Sport. Stuart, how are you? Very good, thank you, good evening. In terms of the 8 for 15, incredible, I mean, I've, I've read your book Broadside, and you keep going on about how... You can't believe it happened. Did that really just happen is a quote that keeps coming up. So have you believed that it happened yet? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was quite nice listening back to the, the highlights uh, before I came on here, actually. It was, um, yeah, it was very surreal. I still, I still can't quite believe the look of the scorecard. You know, as a cricket fan and having seen a lot of cricket scorecards over the time, um, you know, actually, actually seeing that, your name that amount of times on the wickets column and Australia being bought out for 60 does feel strange. Um, I, look, I do look back, obviously, with a lot of fondness, but also a bit of, like, almost fate that day. A lot of things worked in in our favour as a team and my favour. And um, Yeah, like, it, I, I bowled a thousands of overs at Trent Bridge. I felt very comfortable there. Um, the conditions were that sort of perfect movement, you know, just half a bat's width which is as bowl of the dream. Um, and all the catches got taken and the Aussies nicked it. So it was, it was yeah, a dream day. Well, they were all caught in the slip. I think that's what I find amazing. Uh, you know, it's just nibbling just enough when they're all caught in the slip cordon. But it was such a big game, this uh, Brodie, as well, wasn't it? Because you were 2-1 up. There were two tests to play. Jimmy, said, Jimmy Anderson was going to be out. So extra pressure on yourself. And uh, to have them 29 for six, it is the dream. It's the dream morning for a cricketer, especially a bowler, isn't it? Well, and you know what made that day perfect? Ruti went and got 100. So, um, you know, if, if you bowl a team out for 60 and then you're 70 for seven, it sort of takes the gloss off it and, you know, the game is on the edge. But Ruti went and got 100. I think we were four down at the end of play. So you're in that weird position, you're leaving a test match, a five-day test match, night one, going, I think we've, we've, we've taken the ashes here. You know, we've <laughs> sort of, if we lose from here, we really have uh, messed it up. Um, so, yeah, I remember clear as day having a cup of tea at 10 to 1, day one, having won a toss and bowled, having bowled them out and lively, um, who went to the back of a cookie crunch to to start through the covers. And that was like a realisation of, Okay, yeah, we're, we're in a great position here. We've won the toss and bowled, and we're having a cup of tea pre-lunch. <laughs> Didn't you tell the captain uh, that England should bat? <laughs> Probably. Uh, I, you know what? I was, and this is, I was one hundred percent bat first. Sounds awful to say now, um, but yeah, we were uh, at Ten Bridge. It's one of those like it can nibble slowly day one, and then it can quicken up mm. day two, so the, the next can go to the field is a bit easier day two and playing as a home ground there playing for knots a lot of time we win a lot of games batting first um, and it was only when I was marking my run up and Shane Warne walked past me who's a spinner so obviously he loves to bowl last at bat first because he gets the warm pitch and he looked at me and went yeah, I think even I bowled today and I thought wow you know like if Shane Warne bowled this might, I might have got this wrong in my mind um, but I still, I think we 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 played there last year or the year before, and that um, Australia Test match where we bowled them out is the only time in the last ten years a team has won the game bowling first. Wow, 
Well, that, that that is that is amazing. But I would say, though, Stuart, don't you think, as an individual, you've probably got better at that? I mean, when I was a bowler, if you asked me whether I want to bowl a bat first, I'd always say bat first. But I, having worked with you this winter and seen you up close, you're quite now, you give a very honest answer. If you think it's good enough conditions to bowl, you'll bowl. If you think it's the right decision to bat, you'll bat. Have you got better over the years at, at making that decision? Yeah, I think so. I think with experience, I mean, still to this day, um, having played for two or 12 years of stuff, there's still so much doubt on a morning of a test match, mm. isn't there? There's still, oh, you know, this, this, is the clouds coming in? Is there a bit of moisture there? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and yeah, I mean, if the, if the captain comes to me and asks my opinion, I always try and give as honest answer as possible. And Cookie and I used to talk a lot about the toss because, it's actually a, a bit of a deferral of pressure, if that makes sense. Like an opening batsman wants the team to bowl because it delays their pressure in the match. And an opening bowler generally wants the team to bat because it delays their pressure in the match. Um, you sort of your role becomes a bit more reactive than having to set the tone for your team. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I, I've always leant towards batting first because I suppose it takes the pressure off the bowler um, and you can you can react to to what's set up in the game. Well, thank goodness uh, Cookie completely ignored you uh, on that front. <laughs> I think the um, I was listening to the commentary of it earlier. Nasser Hussain said, uh, after you were walking in, after bowling them all out, Broad just delivers spells from nowhere. And he had written in a newspaper the day before. I'll read the quote. He says, uh, for some reason, Broad is not as popular as he should be and remains an underappreciated cricketer. He's lived in Jimmy Anderson's shadow, but it's time for Broad to emerge in his own right. In, in his own right. Can you tell me... You were inspired by that, weren't you? Motivated by that? Um, I felt I did feel an added responsibility because actually, yeah, leading in the first the, the three days leading into that test match was very much about Jimmy Anderson being injured, our senior bowler, our best bowler missing, advantage Australia, etc. Um, and in my mind, that was a chance for me to step up and sort of lead the troops, so to speak. Like, you know. My home ground, I feel comfortable there. Let's let's have a positive impact on this side. And you can't ever, you can't wish for better bowling conditions than we got that morning. It, it was it was perfect, really, as it turned out. But yeah, I, I do have this sort of tendency to feel like I I seem to perform better a bit more under pressure. So when I was younger, I seemed to put in better performances when I was getting criticised quite a lot. Um, and the more experience you get, the, the realisation of, of why that occurs. I think Goffey was a very similar character to me in the way mm. that I'd much prefer to play in an Ashes game in front of 100,000 at the MCG and bowl the first ball than I would a pre-season friendly and get fired for it, if that makes sense. You know, I, I'm, it sounds bad to say, but I'm not someone who gets overly inspired by, by games that there's nothing on or it, it feels a bit slow. Or, um, but, you know, Ashes cricket really fires me up. There's, you know, Cup finals, those sort of things are things I really look forward to. Um, and if I had a weakness, it would be I, I might not get my emotions to the level I need to when I don't feel the games are, have got a bit of bite. Stuart, we're talking about Trent Bridge, 8 for 15 in the 2015 Ashes. I just want to go back a little bit further, just to put it in perspective of how how much joy you must have got out of uh, that Ashes series and that particular session as well, because 2014 had been a pretty horrendous year for you, hadn't it? Yeah, um, well, I mean, it started off at that sort of Australia uh, trip. Um, I mean, I remember the 15 Ashes was just built up purely as a redemption. Um, 
I think even to when we took the wicket to retain the Ashes, Nassie's words were Cook's redemption. Um, and yeah, 13-14, it was it, that sort of... We won in 13, went to Australia, and it felt like a step too far, if that makes sense. Yeah, Swanee's elbow was hanging off. He could, he could barely bowl. Um, we, we had a, a group that was just on the side, the wrong side of ageing, and, and Australia blew us away. Well, Mitchell Johnson blew us away. Um, and we couldn't, we couldn't cope with that. Um, and we, we had to go through a rebuilding stage. And the 15 Ashes probably came six months too early for us, really. We weren't, we weren't really settled on an opening partnership. Um, I don't think we'd quite settled on, a, on the third teamer. Uh, Gary Balance was a bit unfor- unfortunate to get left out after two tests of 15. So I think Ozzy's probably came in as favourites, and that's why... Uh, it was so brilliant to to get the the wins sort of later at Edgbaston and Trent Bridge and see all the series. When when you look back on on, on that day as well, uh, Stuart, it was your three hundredth Test wicket, wasn't it? Um, and that was Rogers, his only duck in Test cricket. I mean, when you first started out all them years ago, I remember playing with you in the One Day Internationals. Did you ever think you'd get to three hundred? <laughs> no. No, it's, um, it, it does feel pretty crazy, to be honest, to to have the chance to to do that. I mean, to be honest, I feel very lucky to have played in the era I played in. Um, you know, going back to my dad's era, selection was very much one test to have a have a chance. If you don't perform, that's you judge. Um, and Jimmy and I both thought the same. After ten tests, you, you'd have been as eight tests ago, you know, we, our, our records weren't great. Um, but it takes a bit of time to learn to, how to step up to that next level. Um, I, I never like to see players judged just from a winter's tour because uh, you're, you're playing in conditions that you're not used to. It. I really do think it takes a year to really find your feet in international cricket. And that's why it's so impressive when players come in and, and dominate like, like Joffre has. Um, because it is a step up and it takes a bit of getting used to. Um, so I feel lucky that I played in an era where we've been looked after physically. I think, Goffey, it's fair to say that in your area you probably weren't looked after like we've been. Well, you definitely wouldn't, wouldn't have been looked after like we've been. Um, so it gives you longevity. Uh, it means, means you're fresh, a lot fresher coming into test matches than uh, players gone by, which, which means you've got a better chance of staying fit and taking more test wickets. So... I feel very lucky I've played in an era that we've been looked after as players um, perfectly, really. Uh, and I've been giving op- given opportunities because um, I think mainly on, on my character, really. I'm, not, I'm never going to be the best swing bowler. I'm not the best seam bowler. But I know that in big moments, I, I want the ball. I want to step up. I want to take the pressure. Um, and I'll always give you a scrap. You know, if you're Australian, you look, you look at me and say, "I'm going to, I'm going to stand up and fight." And, and generally in international cricket, it's it's the character that that takes over the talent a lot of the time. Well, just to put it in perspective, you've got 485 wickets now, so you ain't finished yet. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at 600. Uh, I think that's a realistic target for you. But Brody, when you look at your career, I mean, people who have seen you ball over the years, you keep reinventing yourself, but. One thing that stands out for me is that performance where you got an eight for 15, but you do it so many times. When you click 
and those legs start pumping and you get going in and you're bowling five miles an hour quicker, you do it so many times. You've done it at Lord's a couple of times. You've done it at Old Trafford. The best one where I saw you bowl as well was at the Wanderers 2016. You had five for yeah. 14, a five for one, I think, at one point uh, in that game. I mean, what is it? But you can produce these spells of magic. Uh, you know what? I've spent the last 10 years trying to find out because, you know, it, it, part of that is frustrating because you want to be able to deliver it more consistently. And, and that's what separates the you know, the absolute world-class superstars of sport in, around the world, like you know, Roy McIlroy, Tiger, Ronaldo, Messi, that they can produce, produce that level all the time. Um, whereas, you know, the rest of us are quite sporadic, I suppose. But uh, there are certain things that really fall into place and I get a real, I can tangibly touch, you know, I feel energy in my legs, my knees are picking up higher, I feel like I stand taller, uh, I get through the crease a lot quicker. Um, and I don't think anything, you know, I, I don't particularly think in-swing or out-swing, shall I bowl this? I just hold it and I feel so clear in my mind and I just, and I just go and I feel... Um, light and energetic so there are certain things that in all those spells uh, are trends but um it makes it mighty frustrating when you can't you can't do it every day um but i've I've got better and more consistent as my career's gone on by just choosing sort of having targets that i set each day so it, it's not necessarily just based on wickets which sounds a bit silly as a bowler but you know, I, I can bowl really good spells and end up with no wickets, but still be happy because I might have created a chance or annoyed a, a batsman or given a, you know, um, that might, he might give a chance at the other end. So there's the certain things that I check now that I can still be successful even if I get non for. Mm, brilliant. Is the do you have any do you miss playing one day cricket? Because I always thought you're you're, you're perfect for one day cricket. Smack it, get it fours, get it sixes, good fielder, uh, I, all I good do. Yorkers. Do you miss yeah, it? I do. I do, yeah. I mean, I, I was very lucky. I, I played, it often gets sort of forgot, forgotten really, but I played, I think, nearly 120 ODIs for, mm. for England. I'm, I'm still leading wicket-taker in T20 cricket for England. So I, I got a lot of opportunities in white ball cricket and, and did pretty well. My record stands up OK. I mean, I think I'm third behind you and Jimmy in ODI cricket for wickets. Uh, I think um, so but uh, what did I have a crack at World Cup wise I was 7 I came in as a replacement 11 15 so I had to go at 3 World Cups and didn't get anywhere near I think that's good enough as a player um, you know move on and, and, and change but also I, I, I see the positive in it sort of lengthening my Red Bull career mm. uh, I'm 33 now you know I think it's given me a, a couple of years excellent yeah but I, mean, I went to the Big Bash and had a really good time of it with Hobart I loved playing that um, I still feel I, I'd have been able to perform in white ball cricket up until the age I am now for sure um, but I think it was the, the right thing to do from the England management after the 15 World Cup to, to really shake it up and, and look to, to play a completely different type of the style of cricket, I think to do that, you need a change of personnel um, because when you've got players that have played over 100 ODIs a certain way, it can be quite hard to change that full mindset. And I think, um, you know, Morgs and, and Bayless obviously did that brilliantly, bringing home the, the World Cup in England. All of which brings us to the end of this week's roundup. 
The next offering from the following on team will be the Cricket Collective, which next week contains what should be a fascinating interview between Neil Manthorpe and two genuinely quick and nasty bowlers on the field and two lovely guys off it. Manners will be talking with Alan Donald and Steve Harmison about the art of fast bowling, so enjoy that. That will be aired on TalkSport 2 between 6 and 7pm on Tuesday, but if you miss that, it will be available as a podcast on the following on channel. Thanks for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe, 
for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 